This week on Voice Over Voices, we discuss how the job finds the right person, the importance of celebrating other people's magnificence, trusting your talents, how to cope with bullying, meditation, going with the flow, and we meet a cat with an existential crisis. Hello and welcome to VoiceOver Voices, the podcast where we delve into the wordy world of voiceovers. Each episode you'll meet a professional voice artist, find out who they are and how they got into this work, and listen while we run through some slightly ridiculous script games which are based on the kind of jobs we tackle on any given day in the studio. I'm Cathy Ogden and I'm a voice artist, singer, writer and podcaster. A voice artist needs to be able to sight-read scripts, take direction, interpret the client's brief, create characters, moderate their vocal tone, flip from character to character, and somehow manage to do all this within a tight time limit. It's an intensely focused kind of job, and people come into it from all sorts of different backgrounds. And what's more, nobody really knows who we are. We're largely invisible to all but our agents, clients, and each other. Well, I'm changing all that, so on with the show. My guest this week on VoiceOver Voices is the phenomenal Chintzia Lee. Chintzia's skill set ranges across producing radio and TV, performing in musical theatre, singing, acting, live event hosting, TV presenting, and she has 17 years' experience as a voice actor. Originally from Perth, Chintzia moved to Sydney to pursue a career in musical theatre, studying at Brent Street. She played Lorraine in the Sydney and Melbourne productions of Jersey Boys and toured Australia in two productions of Greece, performed and wrote two acclaimed cabarets and toured on cruise ships. In media, Chintzia produced the Dead Set Legends on Triple M for five years, doing vox pops and interviews from the Dally M's and sporting matches. She was also an associate producer on the NRL footy show on Channel 9, doing taped and live-to-air pieces. And she was part of the presenting team for Home in WA on Channel 7 Perth for two years. Chintzia's voice is highly sought after for TV and radio commercials, promos and documentaries. And she's the voice of Smooth FM. And if you have a Samsung smart TV, it's Chintzia's voice helping you navigate the system. On top of all that, Chintzia is an elite meditation, mindfulness and well-being coach who helps individuals and organisations reduce stress and optimise performance. And she created the online interview series, Uncovering the Sacred, interviewing world leaders in science and spirituality about the power within us that creates our reality. Chintzia truly understands the idea of following your bliss. And so, without further ado, welcome to Voice Over Voices, Chintzia Lee. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I just, <laughs> oh, just to hear your beautiful voice say those words about me, I just feel truly humbled and, um, oh, God bless you, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I've just so been looking forward to interviewing you because you are just such a fascinating person, Chintzia Lee. You're amazing. I, I mean, I have a billion questions for you, but I kind of would love to know where you started with your sort of desire to f- perform and that kind of thing. Was that from childhood? So tell me about that. 
Yeah, sure. So apparently when I was two and a half, I used to hold onto the dining table and bounce until my nappy fell down to Life is Like a Butterfly from (laughs) Dolly Parton. And so my mum saw that in me and put me into uh, performing arts, which was I was two and a half. And it was so funny because no one in my family that I knew of had been musical or had been, you know, a dancer or entertainer. And so, and, um, but mum saw something and, and God bless her, she put me in there and it was called Talent 2000 because it was like in the future. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> and I know. And so it just really sparked from there. And I just knew for me, it was, was all at that time I, I wanted to do. And I just, uh, you know, went on to be in the Johnny Young Talent School. And then at school, I was always in drama and dance and singing. And yeah, I just, I set my sights on it. And, and I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So yeah, very blessed that mum saw that in me at an early age. Wow. Was, was there a Johnny Young Talent School in Perth? Or was that the one in Melbourne? No, there was a Johnny Young Talent School in Perth and he actually came across for one of our final year concerts at the Perth Concert Hall and I remembered I got to sing the opening line to What About Me and Mm -hmm. so I got to sing There Was a Pretty Girl Sitting at the Counter of a Corner Shop and you know what's crazy about that? So Johnny Young was there for that but what's so interesting is that through my voiceover career and the people that I've got to meet, I actually did a really big job for Samsung at a recording studio on the Northern Beaches. And it turned out that the gentleman who was the sound recorder and producer, and I'm now very close to him and his family, he wrote What About Me? No. <laughs> Isn't that so great? Gary Frost. He's oh, my God, yes, yeah. He's a bit of a legend. Good he Lord. He is, yeah. And I'm like, who'd have thought when I was probably 13, standing there with my knees knocking, so nervous with Johnny Young standing there singing one of Gaz's songs. And then, yeah, many moons later, I'd become, yeah, work with him and and, and become close to him and his family. Yeah, it's wild life, isn't it? That is absolutely wild. I'm just going to, just because we, we do have sort of international listeners, I'm just going to oh, explain yes, Johnny, Johnny Young. He had a Young Talent Time, which was a long-running talent show on Australian TV for kids, and it's it sparked the careers of so many people, including Danny Minogue and, gosh. Uh, Tina Arena. Tina Arena, thank you. So many people came through that and and then as a result of that he had obviously I didn't know he had a school in Perth but he did mm-hmm. <laughs> and he had these incredible talent schools for kids which was just I mean when you when you learn those skills at such an early age when your brain is so open to all that stuff and you don't I'm I'm sure you don't realize then what a gift that is but it just stands you in such such good stead for the rest of your life because you understand how much work goes into performing and all the things I mean what did what do you feel like you took from that early world of learning those skills Yeah, I mean, for me, it was interesting because we didn't have a lot of money for me to be able to do things like tap and ballet. So I I just did, uh, it was called like song and dance. And then I also was in what's called the performance troops. And the performance troops, uh, you know, obviously we were the ones that went out into the public and got to do concerts and everything. And um, what I really learned was that, A, to be really grateful, but I just, for me, it was it's all I wanted to do. So in those schools, it was just so 
exciting and fantastic and and for me just to know that my mum did everything she could to keep me in those schools because obviously sometimes like the costumes and everything can be super expensive oh yeah as well so yeah I I'm just grateful and it was actually through there that somehow Brent Street because back then when I auditioned for Brent Street everything was in the mail and handwritten and so somehow they came over to Perth to do a um a show called uh Bootmen, I think it was, and they decided to audition. And I auditioned at the Johnny Young Talent School. And the next thing I knew, I'd been accepted and I was moving to Sydney at 18. And I'd only oh. ever been on a plane twice <gasps> in my life. And wow. so, yeah, it's really, really great. You never know where anything's going to lead, you know. And so, how long were you at Brent Street? So, I was at Brent Street for a year. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and it was, I mean, it was incredible for me. We we really got to, it opened my world up and we got to work with incredible choreographers and, you know, singing teachers. And we got to do amazing things like the opening of, you know, Fox Studios Australia and the opening of Stadium Australia because it was the year before the Olympics. And, oh, wow. you know, boot, Bootmen, which was, um, so sorry, I think I meant Tap Dogs before when I was talking about oh, right, them in right. Perth. But yeah, yeah. so um, the movie Bootmen and we got to, I mean, it was just, just incredible for me. And um Yeah, I got offered to join the agency at the end of that, but I decided to go back to Perth and do a year at WAPA Uh and then, yeah, and then came back to Sydney. And so, yeah, just, just really, just really grateful for everything that unfolded. Um, That's amazing. Mm. And then, so was that, so you went in WAPA, then back to Mm -hmm. to Sydney. God, you've crisscrossed this country so many times, Jensen. I I definitely have. (laughs) I feel like sort of, you know, half my life's been in Sydney and and Melbourne and half of it's been in in Perth. So I have the best of both worlds. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I'm just going to divert here for a second because I read that your parents were champion skydivers. Yes. That, I, <laughs> how glamorous is that? What did your parents do? Well, they were champion skydivers. That's extraordinary. <laughs> yeah, just really amazing. My mum was, um, my mum started skydiving in the 60s in Western Australia. And, you know, back then it, it wasn't a big sport and especially for women. And she was the first woman in Australia to do a thousand jumps, which back then took about 10 years. Whereas these days, I think they probably do them in a year, a thousand, but she, um, yeah, she was phenomenal. And actually on around her third or sixth jump, I should know this, but she's passed away now. So I, I only know through my, um, through the newspaper articles and her friends that talk, but she actually landed and broke part of her back. And they said, you'll be lucky to walk again, let alone skydive and she just said watch me and (laughs) she was back up there jumping she became um she ended up owning drop zones which are you know the name of of skydiving centers and planes and she was an instructor and yeah she she um used to beat everyone at speed and accuracy and then represented australia twice overseas and just just a phenomenal woman and yeah so and her first husband actually was special forces and they owned Rockingham Skydivers together which is a place in western australia and he actually passed away um in a plane crash in oh. a skydiving accident and Gosh. yeah and then later on she um met my father who was also our special forces because back then the skydiving was such a small community that civilians and the military were you know jumping together so yeah, and she stopped skydiving, yeah, before I was born, but just phenomenal. Like that that community, uh, you know, they they just, they're really there for you. It's a family. And 
I just loved being on drop zones. I loved the smell of Avgas. I loved, you know, just, it's just, <laughs> if I can just be out in the open and with amazing things like that, like, sports like that, I'm just home and I'm happy. So, but yeah, it is, it is phenomenal to come from a family with that background. And yeah. my dad actually used to test the parachutes for the Australian Parachute Federation. So he, <gasps> what a job. I know. Um, <laughs> But they were both teachers at the same time as well. So teachers um, in yeah in what um high school, school or primary, primary school, school. yeah. Wow. Um, but they were sent actually to be the two teachers up at Jigalong, which is in Western Australia, and an Aboriginal mission it was. And my mum taught the primary school, and dad taught the high school. And when she got pregnant with me, they they moved back down to Perth. So I. Yeah, I always sort of feel like I have this really strong connection with that part of of Australia yeah. and yeah, so I know isn't it amazing like all of these complex stories that uh, and backgrounds that make our life and brings us to this very moment right now where we're talking about you know, voiceovers and skydiving and yeah. <laughs> meditation and all these different things. And it's just, it's a phenomenal ride. It really is. But it also, because I know that in your other life as a meditation mm. coach, you actually deal with soldiers and that sort of thing. So it's it's kind of interesting. Do you think that's because you were so comfortable around your dad and know that world from him? Was that part of that journey I had tell me <laughs> yeah right I know I mean it's even that is just so fascinating so I basically I think because I was always very comfortable in those environments and in you know Sydney I ended up working in a lot of sport and NRL and you know producing the footy show and being with the Dead Set Legends and I always just felt very comfortable in those environments and so yeah I when my mum passed away the SAS came in to really support me and that was incredible and they they knew I'd been working with athletes for a while um mm -hmm. and and different soldiers with meditation and then when I furthered my studies in America it was with someone that worked with you know the seals and the dutch special forces and the NBA and NFL. And so, yeah, they just sort of said, can you start working with us when you come back on, on that level? And, wow. and so, yeah, it just started, it was just really a natural progression and I really saw the need for it and the hole in the net within these high performance organizations. And, um, so yeah, it's, um, that if, if that answers your question, it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. But I mean, that, mm. it's, that's such mm. a huge, a huge thing that you've. So okay, I'm going to backtrack a bit. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to be all over the place. But I'm dying to know um, how you went from musical theatre into then radio producing and presenting and that side of things. So where was that change? Where did that? Yeah. Happen? Um. So. I got a job when I was probably 23 driving the promo cars at Triple M, which is a radio station here um, in Sydney. And driving the promo cars. Yeah, I was giving away I icy cold it. cans of Coke and Nickelback CDs. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's so funny because um, Mark Dwyer did a similar thing. Right. Yeah, so, honestly, there's probably so going to be a lot of similar threads through our wow. stories because I was listening to you um, interviewing Jules and lofty and I'm like wow there's just it's interesting because it you know everyone mentions synchronicity luck someone kind of overhearing you someone yeah. think you know it's so yeah I started doing that and um then moved into uh you know producing doing phones and producing 
And at the same time, um, I guess my voiceover life, I just decided I wanted to be a voice artist and I had done some classes and I was recording some stuff in a studio at Today FM and Triple M and someone overheard me over a mic and I got offered to be the voice of Today FM um, and then Today FM nationally and that was my first job. I didn't have an agent or anything and then while I was in the booth, a voice artist who um, called Michael Anderson, Sidey, <laughs> we love Sidey. He's the voice of Triple M and a lot of amazing things. And he actually heard me and re- uh, recorded me from another studio without me knowing, sent it in to a voice agent and they rang me and said, we'd really love to have you on our <gasps> books. So oh my goodness. for me, I know it was just an incredible um, unfolding and just a a reminder of when you know something to be true in your heart and soul and you have that excitement and that bliss about it, which, you know, Joseph Campbell talks about that the universe, you know, Joseph Campbell is like my favorite philosopher. And he says the universe will open doors where there were once only walls. And so that part of my life took off. And then obviously with the producing, yeah, it was just something that became really natural. And I really love also being in a support role uh, yeah, that that's really great. I love seeing other people thrive and mm-hmm. shine, and I love being able to come up with concepts and ideas. I know that you're the same, yeah. and producing enables you to be able to do that, and also just to you know think so fast on your feet. And when you know um, something comes along that could be a perceived obstacle, you're just like, well, w- this will work out because it has to. There is no other option. <laughs> Oh, there's so much wisdom in that. I, I yeah. it's it's such a funny thing. I didn't realize it until I was, you know, in the studio as a young voice artist, suddenly having to get something right very quickly. And right. th- it's like a different gear snaps into being, and you are suddenly able to read something really well, really quickly, in the right tone and character and whatever it is. And it's it's like it's like the pressure of it. Um, it's a nice pressure. It's a different pressure to that panic of when you know you can't do something, but it's there's something that just clicks into place and you're like, people say they're in the zone or whatever it is, and you're just like, you can see nothing but the words and you're just doing your job. And it's such a lovely feeling. It's extraordinary. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's It's really interesting in life how much we can push against things that aren't really resonating with us when when you look in the other direction, when something is right, it just, or I think there's, what is that quote from Field of Dreams, which is one of my favorite movies, if by the way. If you build it, they will so, come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's something like um, there comes a time in the universe where all the cosmic tumblers click into place and it's something that is, like you said, it's a, it's a, almost like not tangible, but you just say, I just, know how to be present in this situation yeah. and allow life to flow through me. And um, yeah, yeah, maybe it's that actually. There is something about the need the need to do something and that just focuses your brain. Um, and I I don't know if I, if I'm if I'm bored, I'm the worst version of myself. if I'm if I'm not creating sure. something or doing something or whatever I I just I collapse inwards but when I'm creating and doing and being and being useful to people and all the things uh that's when I'm just yep 
Life's good, you know. <laughs> it's and a you, whole different you world. have this ability as well because we met. Did we meet officially doing that uh, course? That together? course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I loved that because I loved that there were maybe ten of us in that room who were, you know, already um, very entrenched in being professional voice artists. You know, turning up and to just say, yeah, I'm open to you know seeing my blind spots and upgrading and expanding what I do. But there was just you have just this amazing presence, and I remember you teaching us about how important the ibis birds were oh (laughs) yeah and like because a lot of people around sydney call them bin chickens because they're always in the bins and always this and but i'll never forget you the way that you have from being authentically yourself it's really contagious like it's and i like i remember i mean i've always thought those birds were, were great but i remember just this change, like I would see them and feel such reverence for them because of what <laughs> you had said. And I, I'll never forget that. You know, it, it's so true that we we really can change the world by just being, you know, who we are and showing what we believe in. And we never know how we can affect other people um, just by being who we are. So, mm. you know, I just, there's just, you know, so I can understand why people, so many people want to work with you in the booth because when you, when you are present with something, you can hear and feel your heart and soul. And, you know, that is something that is people really pick up on. And so mm. I just well, believe you're a true blessing. And uh, I was so honored when you asked me to be on the podcast. I was so nervous. I was really? like, well, I hope I do her justice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just remember seeing this vision of gloriousness and I was like, and you look so familiar to me. And I don't know whether that's because I had seen you on telly or mm. whatever it was, but you just had this beautiful aura about you. And and you're a lovely open person. And I remember you saying to me at the time, you just looked at me and you went, hmm, you don't have to worry. You're going to do really well. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's right. <laughs> and I love that because I have, I have massive performance anxiety in front of my peers, weirdly. I can be in, yeah. on a stage in front mm-hmm. of hundreds of people or I can be in a booth with a producer and fine, but in front of my peers. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I've actually dived into that to find out why that is and how to fix that. And I think I've, I've found the answer So for anybody who, who has the same anxiety. And I know that there was one or two of us at that that had the same anxiety. And yeah. it's um, when you walk into a situation like that, whether it be a class or um, – or anything, or you're in the booth with, you know, several other actors or whatever, um, remind yourself that you are part of the same tribe and that as a tribe you want the best for each other. And it's like telling yourself that and reminding yourself of that then makes you open to them being on your side as opposed to judging you. And there's a massive difference in that. And so I, I I hope that next time I'm in a class situation, I remember that. <laughs> oh, I would, totally. But it's yeah. also in those moments, like there's this really great guy called Rabbi Tversky and he passed away recently and um, he was a, I don't know if he was a psychotherapist or a, a psychologist, but or a psychiatrist. Anyway, he speaks, he's really, his wisdom is amazing and he talks about the lobster and how, 
um, the impetus for a lobster to grow is that it becomes uncomfortable with the shell that it's in. And so it casts off the shell and then it's, you know, vulnerable and it's soft and it takes itself under, you know, a, a, a cave or whatever it is until it's grown the new one mm-hmm. and then comes out again and as the new sort of expanded version of itself. And he's like, well, the impetus for it to grow is that it feels uncomfortable. And so in times of stress are times of growth. And that's what I feel like you've just explained Ah, about your journey, right? Interesting. Mm. I love that analogy. It makes so much sense because Mm. I, yeah, I'm sure we all do this to a degree, but yeah, I go very inward when I'm, when I'm not happy with how my life is going, I'll go inward for a while. Mm -hmm. And I've learned now (laughs) that that is okay. And to just accept it and just go, right, I'm going to have a couple of pretty blue days right now. I'm going to go into that feeling, feel it, and then I'm going to come out of it and I'll be fine. And sometimes you just kicked out of it because suddenly you'll get a job and you have to, you have to be present for the job and that will bring you out of it. But if I, you know, if I'm not, yeah, if I have too much time on my hands, <laughs> just, and then, yeah. yeah, and very often there'll be something, I don't know, I, I can, I find this when I'm just out walking, if I'll, I'll, um, I'll have a thought pop into my brain like I don't know, just a, like a, a thing that I'd like to do, and I'll I'll examine it now and just go, oh, yeah, I really would like to do that thing. And it's so extraordinary how often that thing then presents itself. Mm. And it's not an attachment to it. It's not like I have to have this thing because that never works, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, but yeah, it's that. It's somehow learning to go with the flow, which is something that you teach yeah. to people, incredible people. Um, right. <laughs> and you've learned from incredible people. So t- tell me about the series that you've done, the Uncovering the Sacred. How did that come about? And and it took you, I know it took you to America and the UK. Yeah. So funnily enough, so when I was um, presenting on Channel 7 and I was also doing some, so I'd flown to, let me just think about, sorry, I'm just trying to think, see my timeline in my, my mind because yes. I'm trying to think when I filmed it. So I think it came up when I'd first travelled to Mexico to study with Joe Dispenza and be part of scientific studies um, with EEGs and um, different GDV testing for us when as advanced meditators. And wow. oh, actually, it might have started before that. I did some stuff in California with Deepak Chopra, and I what? had been I know, seriously it's so cool. And I, <laughs> I love it. I love my life. And I was part of some um, like a groundbreaking study with one of the universities over there on advanced meditating and the regrowing of telomeres, which is the ends of your DNA strands. And they'd always said that once they were gone, they were gone. So um, it was amazing to be part of a study which showed scientifically, even within one week, that we had uh, started to regrow those ends of the DNA. And it just really opened my life up. And then when I did that stuff with Joe in Mexico, I was there twice with him. And then I went to Israel with Greg Braden and, um, yeah, I just sort of felt like I'd started to meet people throughout my life, like Darren Weissman, who's another Hay House author, and I'd studied with him in Sydney and and San Diego, and it just felt like there was just so much there, and I knew that I had the skills as a presenter and also as, you know, a writer and and an interviewer, and I also had access to these amazing people that I'd – I understood their work. I'd seen the effects that it had on my life. It really had changed my life. I used to have chronic anxiety and 
doing this work and diving into it really changed my life. And I was like, well, how can I bring these two sides of me together? And so I came up with this idea and what I did was got um, the sound guy from our show on one of the breaks to film me. And I said, this is going to be my manifestation. So I recorded myself introducing the show and basically said, hi, I'm Chintzia. Welcome to Uncovering the Sacred, uh, an interview series where I speak with the top minds and scientists from around the world about uh, the power of within that creates our reality and uh, come with me on this journey. And so I filmed it and I put it in something called a mind movie and I watched it over and over again. And then the doors just started uh, opening Mm -hmm. up and so, yeah, I got to interview Greg Braden in London. Um, mm-hmm. David G was California. Um, I love him, by the way. Yeah, he's great. I studied yeah. with him actually as the teacher. He was one of the – he was the head of Deepak's Centre in California, which is – so I first met David G there oh, then. Got it. And, yeah, it, and so I guess it just kind of unfolded from there and I've got another interview um, coming out as well. And uh, I think Barry Goldstein was at Wonderlust in Hollywood. We were doing a, a sacred um, sound science. There was a, a weekend workshop that I was helping at and it was just amazing. Like the universe just went, here you go, here you go, here you go. And mm-hmm. I feel very blessed to call those people my friends and you know, I just think it's really important to have those conversations that aren't in the mainstream all the time. And um, I agree. And I think, yeah. um, I think, look, it, it's it. Any human can benefit from meditation. And I just feel like, in in a in a job where we're, you know, off a lot of the time, and then suddenly right. we have to perform, to be able to have the clarity that comes from from meditating and mm. is is just such an important thing to do I I know it's helped me enormously um and yeah the times in my life when I where I haven't had that as part of my my life my routine have been the times when I've felt most detached from my from myself from my inner self and and not done so well (laughs) yeah sure And, and I think for me it's that you know when we talk about, it's like there, there can be chaos in the outside world and there's a lot of things flying at us these days. You know, we were talking about it before. I was saying, I hope things don't go bing, bong, bang as we're, you know, recording because you've got your phone, you've got your computer, you've got the this, you've got yeah. the, there's different apps and everything's happening. And also, you know, the, you know, especially in times of uncertainty like now, it's, it, we have to make sure that we have a practice that grounds us and we can find the truth of who we are uh, it's like being in the eye of the storm and so that when things do happen that that may be stressful or, you know, if as because we're obviously talking to voiceover artists, it could be like, oh, my gosh, I had this job and now it's disappeared and what about this work? And, and <laughs> you know, it's it's understanding that our job is then to go within and, you know, you never know what's going to come out of it. Like for me, I've been voicing this um a podcast, a meditation podcast where it's two meditations a day and then an extended one for a Saturday. And, you know, the way that I ended up with that was somebody that I'd worked with years and years ago was just sort of following my journey and said, look, we're looking for a host for this. We need a meditation teacher that's a voice artist that can record, write. Um, And so you're the perfect, you know, coming together of that. And I, I really just want more and more of that in my life. Um, 
because obviously I love my teaching very, very much and that other work that I do. So with the voicing, I just put the intention out there that it really is aligned with, you know, uh, what is my, my skill sets in life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Which mm. is just a beautiful combination of, of mm. everything. Yeah. Right. Well, from the sublime to the slightly <sighs> ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I trust you so much. I'm like, yeah, what, what's the journey? Let's go. I've got my well, backpack. <laughs> okay. So so knowing, knowing who you are, <laughs> I was um, inspired to write, to write a tour in a booth for us about two cats, one oh, of whom is very comfortable being a cat. And the okay. other one is having an existential crisis. Um, <laughs> I remember a yoga teacher years ago saying to me, just look at a cat. Do they ever care about being anything other than a cat? No. So just be a human. Just be the best human you can be. So um, that and also I just finished reading or actually listening to Kerry Mulligan, that beautiful British act actress, narrating a book called The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. But you know what's so funny? My cat, Amigo, he's a rescue. He's at the front door now meowing. So as soon as you said the word cat, he started meowing. He's going to have to sit out there for a little bit longer. But um, isn't that hysterical the way life works? It's like, and cue. <laughs> and cue cat. meow. Do you want to let him in? <laughs> uh, honestly, if I bring him in, then he'll probably want to be up all in here in the Got jam. And okay. So, yeah, God bless. But right. if you hear a meow, everyone, it's, it's Amigo joining. <laughs> Joining in on the voiceover. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, sorry, okay. no, but I have not. I have not read that book. Okay, mm. so it's a it's a book that's a little bit about it's sort of it's a little bit of a sliding doors kind of thing. But okay, it's, cool. It's possibly more at a quantum level than simple as simple as sliding doors was. So anyway, but it's really it's a fantastic book, and Kerry Mulligan is just such a delight to listen to. But this is this is basically. <laughs> A script that had to have a tagline because it's supposed to be a commercial. So if you see down the bottom, it says tag. Uh, okay, great. Yes. Got um, it. <laughs> it doesn't even really make sense. But anyway, so okay. if you can just do that in your regular ad voice. But in the meantime. The tag? Yeah. You want in, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Got it. So uh, we're two cats. We're Boris and Fleabag. Now, mm -hmm. Boris is cool. I had a cat called Boris who was a girl. And she was so cool. And <laughs> so this is up to her. And okay, Fleabag cool. is her, her companion cat. And uh -huh. Fleabag is, is just like really neurotic. So which, which character would you like to be? Oh, my gosh. Oh, choices. Choices. Um, oh, my gosh. I mean, they're both phenomenal. So <laughs> <laughs> I just love cats. Um, okay. So maybe I – should I go with Fleabag? Okay. All right. Uh, hang on. So which one is? Yeah, so, Fleabag's having an existential crisis. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. So Fleabag's <laughs> in the quantum field somewhere. Yeah. Hanging out. Hanging out. Yeah. Wondering okay, cool. how to be a better cat. And uh, right. So and Boris is just like, yeah, whatever. So okay. Well. Um, okay. Cool. Character wise, I think whatever you think a neurotic cat's going to sound like. <laughs> I think okay, he's yeah. he's kind of a bit sweet and naive, basically. Okay. I'm more okay, kind cool. of like a Siamese cat. <laughs> okay, cool. So I'm probably more like my cat, just like inquisitive and, and wanting to chase like butterflies and then, yeah, okay. <laughs> Got it. Okay, so okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit sort of like the, uh, the teaching cat 
here. Okay. Oh, perfect. Right. I get to ask the questions, which I love. I'm such a question asker. I think people (laughs) in my life, like they either get that about me or sometimes they're like, gosh, just (laughs) just stop asking so many questions. How do you learn if you don't ask questions? (laughs) I don't know. I've got to tell you the story about my philosophy teacher once, but anyway. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Okay. Okay. All right. Off you go. Hey, Boris. Yes, Fleabag. Do you ever contemplate the possibility that you're not being the best cat you can be? Have you been smoking catnip? No more than usual. It's just that I've been wondering if I should be more, I don't know, like consciously striving for something. Who said cats have to be conscious of anything, Fleabag? We just be a cat. Yeah, but what does being a cat mean? We eat, chase stuff, sleep, stare at things, stretch out and yawn, scratch furniture, catch small animals and leave their dead or dying bodies where the humans will find them, purr, meow, run around the room and up the curtains, jump on shelves and preen ourselves. Is that it? Ah, let's see. We also eat grass and throw up occasionally, make a stinky mess in the kitty litter and throw up Verbals. But what about our minds, Boris? Shouldn't we be trying to improve our minds or spirits? No. Are you sure? Yep. So I just continue to do what I do and there's nothing I need to do to become a better cat? Well, you could shut up and let me get back to staring out the window. Okay, Boris. What are you looking at? My reflection. Are you a narcissist, Boris? No idea. I'm just a cat, Fleabag. You should try it. What if I want to be more like a dog? Go for it. Really? Yep. There's only one rule for being a cat. What is it, Boris? Do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. I think I'm a dog in a cat's body. You're certainly neurotic enough to be a dog. Okay, I'm going to embrace my inner dog. Off you go then. Right. How do I be a better dog, Boris? (sighs) Leave me alone, Fleabag, or I will be forced to scratch you. Got it. Existential crisis? It's simple. Be more cat. Smart cat media. We make it happen. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that was so, so cute. <laughs> so you know what I loved about it? It's so funny because, uh, of course, you know, my cat Amigo, he's actually a cat dog. I call him that. He plays fetch. It's unbelievable. Oh, there so I loved you go. It. So when I got to that part, I'm reading on the fly, <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I do want to be a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I actually love dogs that, I mean, sorry, cats that, cat, like, yeah, that, cat that like to be more like a dog. Yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> but <laughs> so uh, cool. Funny. So there you have it. Okay. So <laughs> can you imagine if there was a company called Smart Cat Media? Yeah. Anyway, funny. Love it. Right. So back to the questions. Um, So when did you start getting into the meditation side of things and how did you become a meditation teacher? I know you've done lots of study and you talked about that, but where, where where did that sort of thing happen in your life? 
Yeah, so I would say it was probably back about, I'm just trying to think how many years ago now, over a decade ago, and I was in a work environment where uh, I was, I would say, being bullied a bit, and I just wanted to be able to find a mechanism to be able to cope with that, but I also wanted to be able to learn how to have compassion for people, more compassion, I should say, for people um, that you know, weren't being very kind to someone and, and just know that whatever was going on for them was what was making them, you know, behave a certain way towards me. And, uh, so I took myself off to the Vajrayana Institute in Ashfield in Sydney, which is a Buddhist center. And I, I'd never meditated before. And I, I started learning Buddhist meditation there and I started doing 20 minutes a day and that was really phenomenal. And I started studying Buddhism. I I didn't become a Buddhist, but I started studying and it just really changed me. And it, I started to be able to look into a bit of the background of, of the people that I had been uh, bullied by and and finding out that you know their their home lives weren't that fantastic and yeah I, I'm really grateful for the opportunity uh, that it sort of was the springboard into that for me and from there I I went over to Brazil to learn some more stuff and um, yeah uh, obviously then you know was in different places in the world and so yeah that that wow. for me I think in life I've always liked to use myself as an experiment and so when I'm in a situation where I'm able to say well I'm going to step into these tools and techniques and actually use them myself and then I can see the results of that and then I'm able to you know pass that on to people or or know within my heart it's something that I want to teach because how else do you know unless I remember Wayne Dyer saying that, you know, he'd always wanted to teach resilience. And he's like, well, of course, then life was going to give him things to have to be resilient over. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And um, yeah. And then it just sort of, it it just went on from there, to be honest. And then when I started teaching, I'd find that, you know, people would, would find me and they would come to me and I'd just be able to give them tools and techniques and hold space for them, I guess. And it just, it was a lot of, um, what I would call alpha male energy. So, you know, I would have, you know, footballers and soldiers and, yeah, you know, I have no doubt that that was because of the, of the background that I, you know, I also grew up around. Yeah. And, um, yeah it's, because that, that sort of environment could be really uh, scary, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, for And sure. yet for you it's not. You, you, you seem to go in there and know how to, mm. how to help these people when they, when they need your help. Yeah, completely. And I think that a lot a lot of that is also the fact that I, I'm really honest as a person and really open and, you know, I'm I'm happy to talk about the things in my life that have been challenging and that I've overcome. Um, but certainly, you know, I would say, uh, you know, being a female within these environments, um, I have, I guess that's part of, it's kind of like part of earth school as well. And knowing the difference that, that, you know, you can make, especially like, I remember that like some of the fireys would call me the care bear and, (laughs) you know, you go in there and you're kind of like sit in between, uh, I would say I sit in between a psychologist and a chaplain and you hold space like a, almost like also a, you know, a sister or an auntie or a, 
um, yeah, or a daughter and you're able to just give people a different perspective on things. A lot, a lot of the things that I do is really helping people shift their perception on, on things that they thought were a block and help them to see that when we're stressed, we really narrow in on the things that um, have been causing us problems. And that's also, you know, obviously a physiological way of survival and just helping people to to help them see beyond that and um yeah, so so I'm really interested actually because mm. I was in a situation where I was being bullied pretty right. badly for for somebody I was working with and mm-hmm. um and I I found there was nothing I could do to shift that mm-hmm. relationship in any direction and uh, I tried so many different ways and I understood why this person was as bitter as they were um and all those things mm-hmm. and i never found a way of healing that relationship or changing it or or doing anything but just waiting for the next blow to come you know and i just wonder so how how did you how did you sort of come to terms with with that situation i know you were you removed yourself from it mm. but were you able to then look back at those people or that person whoever it was and just go okay um i can i, I don't need that energy in my head anymore and I can let it go and it's gone well I think for me oh sorry I cut you off no 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 not at all no (laughs) Uh, yeah for me like I was still in the environment Uh, for a long time mm -hmm. and I but you know when I when I did leave from there you know life opened up a lot of different doors and I think there is that whole thing of uh, I was really I'm really grateful for the fact that something led me to go to where I went to and that I can't really explain that. Um, mm. And I I think the interesting thing for me and what it taught me through life is because I knew that I was really good at my job as well. And, and sometimes when you're being bullied, that can make the bullies even more angry. And so mm. I – it was really interesting. Nine years afterwards, we had someone that had worked with us actually come to the place where I was living at the time and – we caught up and they said that um, one of the people that had been causing me grief all the, all the way back then had found out that this person was coming to see me and and they said, oh, um, are you going to see Chintzia? And they said yes. And this person said she was really good at her job and we treated her really badly <gasps> and um, I'll never forget that and, yeah, we, we should never have done that to her. Oh. And so it was really fascinating Whoa. to me how in life, like if we just always be ourselves and be authentic and true, the people that, you know, have not necessarily behaved the best way towards us, they're the ones who need to hold, not need to, sorry, but they're the ones that hold on to that. And we have to be able to get to a place of forgiveness as fast as we can because in the end, they can be the ones that have the regret. We need to make sure that we – there's a great um, technique I use called Ho'oponopono, which is a Hawaiian technique of being able to neutralize situations and bring forgiveness into your life. And you basically either repeat the word Ho'oponopono or you say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. And, you know, just having that experience of knowing that that person had held on to that for nine years, um, wow. you know, it's just that – um, I guess that clarification that I, I was I was a good person and I was yeah. doing the right things in life. And sometimes people just get swept up in things that they can't understand at the time. And, you know, but for me, it led me on to even greater things. And, yes, you yeah. know, I, I, I That's probably a great would be way of a meditation teacher. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it, well, it goes back to what 
Wayne Dyer was saying, you know, right. teaching resilience and then suddenly he had to learn how to deal with it. Uh, yeah. was presented with that. That's a really good way of looking at, at it actually mm. because through <laughs> that experience I, I know I've, I've come through into, yeah, better things. Wow, interesting. Right, and it doesn't mean, I was going to say, it doesn't mean that, that things don't make us worried or nervous or scared or and it doesn't mean we have to accept I remember a, one of the Buddhist teachers saying I'm a Buddhist not a pushover yeah and so it doesn't mean we have to accept that I almost swore then gosh I tell you what being a girl from Perth it's really tough to not swear and when you're being interviewed but um you know it's not that it, it's not that it doesn't hurt at the time and that we can't understand things but it's that in the end the faster we can get to forgiveness yeah. and understanding that something magnificent will come out of this then even though we can't see it yet, Mm -hmm. that frees us and that's the important thing. Yeah, and also sometimes I think holding on to a a grudge or a a whatever it is, holding on to something that a a feeling about someone like why did they do that to me or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I I actually saw a Buddhist monk talking about this on, on YouTube saying, what is it in you that needs to hold on to that? Because you could forgive them now. You could just go, right, off mm. you go, <laughs> whatever it is you need to do. Sure. The, I, that right. was kind of a big moment for me. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, why do I need to hold on to that? Yeah. Is it because, you know, I had to look at it. I had to, to really, really examine what that feeling was. And, and I think in some ways it was an excuse for me to not progress in some way. Right. And once I let go of that, then I could progress. Does that make sense? Oh, no. I I mean, I totally get that. It's like, oh, right. So what is this for me? It's a barrier for myself. And when you, when you see that and you're, you're able to move past that, it's, yeah, it's just incredible. And, you know, when we shift that within ourselves, that's what then has the ripple effect to shift, um, on the other side as well. And yeah, I think if we can see that everything is happening for us, (laughs) Not yeah. to us. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Mm. All right. Time for another little interlude here. So imagine that you're in the studio. Won't be too mm-hmm. hard to imagine this. Okay, right. <laughs> and I'm you've ready. got one line and and this the client has no idea what they want. So they're just gonna quick fire directions at you. Okay. Okay. So this is uh this is a classic advertising slogan sort of thing. You'll see quick fire direction down there. So if you want to do that line as you would do it for a jeans company? Sure. All right. Going for gold, aiming for the stars, do it in style, do it in Jayco jeans. Oh, I love that. Um, But can you do it sort of more hard sell? Sure. Going for gold, aiming for the stars, do it in style, do it in Jayco jeans. Oh, gosh, that is just so brave. (laughs) All right, so can we have it even brighter? Sure. Going for gold, aiming for the stars, do it in style, do it in Jayco jeans. Mm, Excellent. Now just try it a little like really supernatural, natural as in not supernatural. You know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, got it. Going for gold, aiming for the stars, do it in style, do it in Jayco jeans. Excellent. Now imagine you're a hypnotherapist. Okay. Going for gold, aiming for the stars, do it in style, do it in Jayco jeans. 
That totally worked. Brilliant. <laughs> Just in case, can we do it more like a child? Sure. Going for gold, aiming for the stars, do it in style, do it in Jaco jeans. So cute. <laughs> uh, more like a sergeant major. Going for gold, aiming for the stars, do it in style, do it in Jaco jeans. Yes, sir. Uh, maximum charm, please. Going for gold, aiming for the stars. Do it in style. Do it in Jaco jeans. <laughs> that is so good. Okay. <laughs> okay, now can we have it faster but make it sound slower? Oh, perfect. Yeah, I love this one. Cool. Going for gold, aiming for the stars. Do it in style. Do it in Jaco jeans. Oh, yeah. Um, now can I have it emphasis on the product's name? Mm -hmm. And the third word. Sure. Going for gold, aiming for the stars, do it in style, do it in Jayco jeans. Beautiful. And last one, I think we will have um, like a mushroom, only cheerier. Going for gold, aiming for the stars, do it in style, do it in Jayco jeans. That is the best cheery mushroom I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> you have Thank the you. job, Tinsia. Great. It's yours. Thanks, Thanks so much. <laughs> How fun is our job? I mean, yeah, really. Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> and, you know, like sometimes it's that thing of going, you know, just trusting that the direction will come out of your mouth. Like they go, do it this way, and you go, sure. And then you're just like, okay, let's yeah. see what happens. <laughs> Because it's like, how does my brain process a mushroom instantaneously? It's really about not second guessing yourself, you know. And my mushroom won't be everyone's mushroom, <laughs> you know? and that's okay. Never a truer going, word was spoken. Yeah. To <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And so you just go, yeah, cool, no worries. And it's just for me, it's really about just going with it and trusting, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. So in in the voiceover world, what what's your sort of favorite kind of thing to do? Oh, wow. I mean, I, yeah, that's so interesting. I've done, I mean, I've done so many phenomenal things and I feel like I really, you know, cause I sort of stepped away from the industry at whole for, for a while while I was home in Perth, but kept doing smooth FM and stuff. So I've always done, a, I had always done a lot of promos. That was my, I guess my, my sort of main thing, mm -hmm. but I really feel blessed when someone asks you to do a documentary, mm. um, that is, yes. you know, that's that's really, really um, fantastic. I really love having fun. Like I love comedy scripts. I love being able to, like at the end of my demo, there's something that we did with Big Brother and it's myself and Mike Goldman, even though we'd never met, which is always hysterical. Yeah. But I love that sort of, he's sort of like, you know, there's no one in the house. And I'm like, um, Mike, there's actually no one here. Everyone's gone home. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of, I really enjoy scripts where I get to be, you know, use the comedy side of what oh, I do. That, so do I. That's my that's favourite, to be yeah. honest. Like when I get a script where I go, wow, I, I can really see, you know, see what I can do with this. And, yeah, yeah that's my favourite out of everything. <laughs> I am totally with you on that. Um, actually, it's exactly the same thing. I love comedy and I love documentaries, mm. both. They're just um, – Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh wonderful. Um, and if you could go back in time mm – -hmm. And 18-year-old Chintzia was about to yeah. get on a plane to Australia, to Sydney. Mm -hmm. What would you say to her? I would say 
stay in your own lane. And because of the fact that so much, especially, you know, um, our industries, it, it can be a lot of looking to the side and going, oh gosh, you know, that, that happened there. And should I have done this and what could have happened? And I remember when I was 23, I got offered to be the lead singer on a, on a cruise ship. And I was the youngest lead singer that had been put on. And back then it was sort of seen a little bit like it was such a phenomenal experience in my life. But I know that we were sort of wondering, well, does it, if you're, if you're on a cruise ship, does that mean you're not getting the work on land? And there was sort of Mm. a lot of different things that you were navigating with that. And honestly, I had the most amazing experience. I, I spent six months, we had two nights off the boat in six months, like all through the South Pacific. Oh my gosh. Like I, you know, that's where I first wrote my first cabaret. I got to just see just such an incredible life. And looking back on it, I'm like, why was I ever concerned about what anyone <laughs> ever thought? Because the people that would even have those ideas or speak those words, then they're not my friends. They're not my friends now. Um, and we sometimes can get lost when we are in the most incredible opportunities and incredible and like experiences in life, we can be looking forward or backward or, and, and, you know, wondering what, well, what's the next job or, you know, this or that, or, and I, I would just say to my, you know, my younger self, just be present and enjoy every moment. And you have phenomenal things that will unfold after this. And it's no one else's journey. It's yours. And yeah, that's what I would say. Oh, that is perfect. I mean, it's just oh, so thanks, lovely. Really sorry, I thought I was a bit jumbled. There. No, not at all. It's so <laughs> yeah. perfect because it just, mm. it just, as you were saying that, it took me back to concerned adults saying, saying right. sensible things to me when I was sure. like just a shining little beacon of excitement at this world that I was going into. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I was so, I was a singer, and that's what I started doing when I was in high school, and I was just living my best life, and people would just try and I don't know what what their motivation was but very often it was it was about I don't know dampening you in some way it was like you're too shiny get down and (laughs) and some of those things I took on board I remember that right and I hear that so much you know like in life you know it's so important to celebrate other people's magnificence in there oh yes people don't understand that when you hold other people up and you be in their front row and their cheerleader when something fantastic happens for them that actually creates the neural pathways in your brain for fantastic things to happen to you as well like those mirror neurons and it's really, really important, and oh, it's so true, Tins. Mm, yeah, it's yeah. so true. It's it's why building friendships in this industry or any industry, just building mm. friendships in general, is so important because it's just um, it's just all about encouraging each other and that mm. that lovely energy. Mm. And there's, you know, the the work that is meant for you is meant for you because you're the person who's right for it, you know? Right. Um, and we're all different. Yes, we're going for the same jobs very often, but whatever, you know, <laughs> that job finds the person who's right for it, you know? Right. And and interesting too, you know, like, you know, the beautiful Teresa that's with our agency. Oh. And I can tell you like when, because when I first joined this agency, I was in Western Australia and I, I desperately needed to, that's a strong word. Sorry. I needed to be able to have a home studio set up and I really didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, she was just phenomenal to me. Like just, she's like, I will walk you through every single step. I will be on FaceTime with you. I will check. And I'm like, I'd only just met her. And 
I saw this amazing feminine energy just holding another female up in an industry that, you know, we can be up for the same, you know, jobs we could be. And to see that and feel that, I just felt like um, I felt really held and blessed and, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and when you feel that sort of selflessness from somebody else, I mean, it just dials that up within you. Oh, like a hundred thousand percent. I think Teresa really is a beacon. I described her yesterday. Oh, you did, um, yeah. As as percent <laughs> angel and like yeah, mm. like point uh, one percent human. I think she's just extraordinary. Right. She's such an amazing. And she did exactly the same thing for me. And I wouldn't mm. be sitting here on clean feed and using all the different apps that I now know how, how to use without her help. Right. I mean, she's just extraordinary. Mm. And and but that energy has has gone right throughout our industry. And it's mm. she is just amazing like that. Yeah. She really is. She's been yeah. such an extraordinary person. It you you really do need one or two people like that, and it lifts everybody's game, you know. Yeah, completely. And then you know we have that confidence to be able to go, and then we can have conversations with people that need to. Sorry, Amigo's still going. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, I you know it's it it really is a, a pay it forward thing. Yeah, as well and really um yeah 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 oh gosh i love her okay <laughs> now again from the sublime to the slightly ridiculous nonsense poetry jam it has to be done okay and i just want you to read it uh like it is a um like it's a meditation oh great yeah okay cool yeah okay then not mess this one up hey <laughs> <laughs> yes. Honestly, nonsense poetry is impossible to mess up. Okay, great. It is, I'm ready. It's nature nonsense. Right. Okay, cool. Off you go. Open spandex the chook, pencil cherub for preen, nicely amulet and steeple flank, mentality of siren be trotted, loop, intense, lobotomy torch, actually business this describe, Penguin guard a library, medium trace forgotten prune, embryology lily of a grandpa. Oh, hang on. Oh, is wait, that is that it? Th- there's more, more. There's more. Oh no, hang on. Wait, I didn't see the rest of it. I cut and paste it. Oh my god, that's hysterical. Okay, this is real life, everyone. Now you're going to hear my bloody my um. It's Okay, no wait. Okay, wait. What have I left off? Uh, it's Ooh. it's. No, that's all I've got. Oh, okay. And then it says sent from my iPad. Oh, maybe I didn't. Maybe I missed that bit. Okay, so there was um there, the the end. Of, <laughs> I can end it for you if you okay, like. Okay, yeah, no, please do. Yeah. All right, okay. Terse, filament, arcade stomper divine, banana roof medal, gone. There we go. Oh no, amazing! <laughs> I should have said sent from my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's hilarious. That's oh. When there was that like long extended pause, it's like, you know, that one in the booth where you think um, something's, okay, something's not right. What's going on? <laughs> oh, my God, that's so I was, funny. I was thinking, this is a really, yeah. this is a pregnant pause. It's a <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, my God, so I love funny. it. So funny. So oh, funny. I love it. Right. So um, do you have any particular tips for anybody that would be going into this kind of work? Yeah, I would say if you if you truly feel like this is something you want to do, you know, there are cert- certainly steps you can take. And I know I've, you know, heard Jules Lander, you know, say basically the same thing I, w- I would say to people, which is 
Know what your market is. That's really important. Know where you fit in the market. Find, uh, you know, whether it's ads or promos or, you know, audiobooks, whatever it is, find what feels right to you. Write down the copy. Start, uh, you know, rehearsing that. Start putting a demo together and also learn how to read on the fly. And that, you know, is really important to have that because, I mean, one of the jobs I did was 9,000 sentences and I had not read <laughs> any of them. And I was doing two to three hours a day um, for six weeks. And, you know, you're reading, basically you have to understand how to have a, a slight upward inflection when you don't know what's coming next. And so I would say for sure that that's really important. What um, was the job? Where there was it, That was to be 000. the voice of the Samsung, Samsung. Samsung smart TV. Wow. Yeah, and that was such an interesting process of of its own. They had the Macquarie University speech pathology professor who, you know, so there were certain voices chosen and then um, we got put into focus groups who listened to our voice and it got fed through a computer in South Korea and then came back and all these different things were at play. And, and also a factor was who could read on the fly because they needed people that wouldn't take three takes on every sentence, obviously. And because the sentences we were reading were computer generated, they didn't necessarily all make sense either. Right. So it's kind of like nonsense poetry. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so so that was, a you know, a big eye-opening job, but also great to know, oh, yes, I can do that. But, yeah, um, I'm just trying to think what else I would tell people. Um I'm not sure. Is that, are there, is that enough kind of That's tips absolutely or? enough. Okay, cool. no, yeah, absolutely. It's brilliant advice. And I think um, I was asked the same question yesterday by mm. the girls that do it, who are doing Can You Hear Me, which is a new podcast. Okay. Um, so actually I'm just going to say to anybody who's listening to this, there are two other voiceovers, Chloe and, and Holly, who are doing a podcast called Can You Hear Me? And it's a similar kind of similar kind of concept to this slightly different because there's two of the well slightly different because it's them <laughs> and it's, anyway and and so I actually had to talk about my life which was weird for me yeah one of the things that I think I've I've learned from interviewing so many other voice artists now is that everybody has taken educating educating themselves very very seriously so they've mm. they've all they've done the courses or they've done the uni courses or whatever it is or they've found a, a voice artist a voice teacher it's it's so much about finding your teachers and learning and getting that basis of education and you obviously started very young being taught how to sing and dance and perform and all the things that come with that so yeah I think it's um it's for me it's it's that as well as as practice, 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 practice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and knowing what, what you're good at as well, you know, and um, it's interesting. It's certainly interesting. And I would just say, you know, have, have faith as well and trust that if that is your path that the doors will open and, yeah. Hmm, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That is so true. That is so true. So it's coming to that time when I want to hear what your reading is going to be. Okay, so I thought today I would read a poem that I read at my mum's funeral. And yeah, that was quite, you know, an interesting time for me. I was very, very, I was very, very close to her and mm -hmm. um, she passed away very quickly. And because I was her only child, I knew it would be up to me to be standing up there and speaking to the however many hundreds oh of people that gosh. were there. See, and so that. I, but I decided to read um, this poem, which 
you know, it, it's it's relatively well known, but um, it's called The Invitation by Uriah Mountain Dreamer. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was everything that my mum stood for. And, and for me as a person too, you know, it's basically saying that I'm not interested in the fanfare. I'm not interested in the correct answers. I'm interested in the truth of who you are and the raw truth of who you are and um, the authenticity of that. And, yeah, so I thought I would oh, I would wonderful. give that a red hot crack. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. The Invitation. It doesn't interest me what you do for a living. I want to know what you ache for and if you dare to dream of meeting your heart's longing. It doesn't interest me how old you are. I want to know if you will risk looking like a fool for love, for your dream, for the adventure of being alive. It doesn't interest me what planets are squaring your moon. I want to know if you have touched the centre of your own sorrow, if you've been opened by life's betrayals or have become shriveled and closed from fear of further pain. I want to know if you can sit with pain, mine or your own, without moving to hide it or fade it or fix it. I want to know if you can be with joy, mine or your own, if you can dance with wildness and let the ecstasy fill you to the tips of your fingers and toes without cautioning us to be careful, to be realistic, to remember the limitations of being human. It doesn't interest me if the story you are telling me is true. I want to know if you can disappoint another to be true to yourself, if you can bear the accusation of betrayal and not betray your own soul, if you can be faithless and therefore trustworthy. I want to know if you can see beauty even when it's not pretty every day and if you can source your own life from its presence. I want to know if you can live with failure, yours and mine, and still stand at the edge of the lake and shout to the silver of the full moon, yes. It doesn't interest me to know where you live or how much money you have. I want to know if you can get up after the night of grief and despair, weary and bruised to the bone, and do what needs to be done to feed the children. It doesn't interest me who you know or how you came to be here. I want to know if you will stand in the centre of the fire with me and not shrink back. It doesn't interest me where or what or with whom you've studied. I want to know what sustains you from the inside when all else falls away. I want to know if you can be alone with yourself and if you truly like the company you keep in the empty moments. That is just life summed up in one poem. Yeah. Extraordinary. Isn't it beautiful? Oh, absolutely love that. And I love your voice, Cynthia Lee. Oh, my God, that's so, so kind of you. Thank so you. With, with an amigo beautiful. in the background. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Little guy. Yeah, yeah I'm, thanks. I'm feeling for amigo. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cynthia, it's been amazing. Thank you. I feel like we, we've Thank just... You covered so so much and yet I could have talked for hours but um Mm. thank you for coming on the show and can you let us know where to find you on social media and your website and all those things please yeah sure yeah so I'm at Chintzia Lee Meditation that's Instagram and I have uh, just a, uh, maybe yeah. um, spell your name for people. So oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Of course, yes, it's <laughs> Italian. It's C I N 
Z I A L E. That's my name, Chintzy Ali. Um, and yeah, my website is chintzyali.com. That's sort of more my meditation stuff. But, you know, you can hear my voiceover demo at Scout. Um, that's our agency. And my presenting reels are on there as well. And yeah, so. But thank you for having me and thanks for creating this because I really love that energy of um, being able to help other people, um, not just within our industry, but that want to be in the industry and it's, it's really empowering. So thank you so much for creating that space. Uh, my absolute pleasure. Really is my pleasure. <laughs> I love mm. doing this. I love hearing everybody's stories because everybody is so different and yet so many similar things and our industry is just so unknown to right. anybody outside of it, you know, and even to each other because we just don't hear each other's stories. It just doesn't happen, you know. So Yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing your of extraordinary <laughs> journey and and I'm looking forward to seeing what's what's coming up for you as well. Yeah, I'm sure definitely. It's amazing. Yeah, and also you can – sorry, I forgot to say you can meditate with me at Your Morning Mantra. That's the um, the podcast meditation. Yeah, which I yeah. have actually sorry downloaded. And yeah. I, I dip in and out of I love it. Your voice yeah. is just so easy to listen to and I love it. It's, it's They're short and they're just beautiful way to get into <laughs> yeah. the day or come out of the day that's just perfect. Right then, we'll have a lovely day. I will do. Thank you so much, you too. And um, give Amigo my love. And <laughs> <laughs> I will. And lots of love. Lots of love to you too. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Voice Over Voices, scripts and concept by Kathy Ogden, music produced by Grant Windsor and written by Jeff Franzel and Kathy Ogden. If you want to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Voice Over Voices Podcast. If you like this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe so more people can find us. Be kind. Thank you.